Welcome to a special Bloomberg Government Edition of Code and Conduit, a legal and policy podcast where we talk about tech, telecom, intellectual property, privacy, and cybersecurity. Self-driving cars keep popping up in the news for their innovative uses in grocery delivery or taxi service but also for their mistakes, including a recent deadly crash that has raised safety concerns. The debate over autonomous technology has found its way to the U.S. Senate. Republican Senator John Thune from South Dakota and Democratic Senator Gary Peters from Michigan have been working to write and pass a bill to create a framework for self-driving cars. Peters returned in August from a five-day motorcycle tour of Michigan where self-driving cars were top of mind. We recently sat down with Senator Peters in his Washington office. We talked about his love of motorcycles, how that influenced his approach to writing the AV Start legislation, the Senate's self-driving car bill, and why he hopes the Senate passes the bill before the end of the year. We're here in the office of Senator Gary Peters from Michigan, and we're so appreciative that you having us in today to speak with you. Good to be with you. Thanks. I want to talk to you a little bit about the recent motorcycle ride you did over the, the brief August recess this year. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I wondered what, what inspired you to visit your constituents that way, and you know how is it different doing that kind of tour uh, on a motorcycle versus other forms of transportation? Yeah, well, I, uh, I, I'm an avid motorcyclist first off, and so I've been riding since I was, I think, probably 12 years old. Uh, those were mini bikes, uh, and then graduated to bigger motorcycles. And travel, but I uh, during the summer is an opportunity for me to travel across the state. So I have meetings uh, 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 in terms of meeting uh, my constituents and small businesses on Main Street, manufacturers, farming, agricultural uh, areas. But my uh, view is if I have to go from point A to point B, why not do that on a motorcycle? Mm -hmm. And uh, it also gives me an opportunity to experience the beauty of Michigan uh, and really get in, in touch with folks in a more personal way when you're on a motorcycle. One thing, it, it always gets more conversations when you stop. Even at a gas station with a motorcycle, you'll have people come over to talk to you because they want to talk about your bike. Uh, as well as I have guest riders, I have people that join me on the rides. And so this last trip I had uh, veterans, I had motorcycle safety groups, I had employees from some of the companies that I was visiting uh, ride along with me. So it's, uh, it's a very uh, a good opportunity to connect with people. And how many years have you done this? This was my third year that I did it uh, officially. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I know uh, you know one of the the dangers that comes into play for motorcyclists is that there are cars on the road and other road users that may not see the motorcycle or detect it. And one of the thoughts around this emerging autonomous vehicle technology or self-driving cars is that maybe they'll be actually better and safer for all road users if they're able to detect the other people who are, who are around there. And I know that you were the co-author of the Senate self-driving car bill. I wondered if you could talk a little bit about uh, you know, what your goal is for the bill and what you're hoping to accomplish when it comes to creating this framework for self-driving cars. Well, certainly uh, you mentioned motorcycle safety. Uh, that's an important element of it. The bill is broader in the fact I think it deals with safety uh, generally. I mean, when you think about the fact that nearly 40,000 people die on our highways uh, every year and hundreds of thousands of people uh, have debilitating uh, injuries as a result of uh, using vehicles. And most all of that is human error. About 94% of all the accidents are human error. If we can eliminate uh, that or eliminate a good chunk of it, you're literally going to save thousands of people's lives. But uh, to your point, you certainly become very aware of that when you're on a motorcycle. Mm -hmm. uh, you are much more vulnerable. That's part of my trip to riding a motorcycle and riding with folks like uh, motorcycle safety advocates so that we bring more awareness that there are motorcycles out on the road and drivers need to, to be aware of them. Uh, especially in uh, not less than ideal conditions. And every trip that I take, I can usually always count on 
rain and sometimes uh, heavy rain and that makes a slicker pavement and also uh, makes it uh, harder sometimes for vehicles to see you. And that's why this uh, self-driving uh, bill will be so helpful because as we advance this technology, a critical part of self-driving automobiles is vehicle-to-vehicle -vehicle communications. It's one of the systems that allow these cars to navigate through a complex uh, cityscape or even out on the open highway. And you will have motorcycles that will actually be transmitting a signal to the automobile and the automobile will know exactly that there is a, a motorcycle on the road. So you won't have the kind of the common accident that we see now where someone just pulls out in front of you mm. or changes lanes and you're in the blind spot because it's harder to see. With vehicle-to-vehicle -vehicle communications, the car knows it can't go there because there's an object there, which would be a motorcycle. Or if you're in a in the city, it would be a pedestrian, perhaps, uh, walking across the street. Right, although the pedestrian isn't necessarily fitted with a vehicle-to-vehicle uh, -vehicle piece of technology, so the cars need to be able to perceive that as well. Well, that's uh, actually uh, be vehicle to infrastructure or other communications. Although it won't be a vehicle, uh, our cell phones uh, constantly transmit as well. So it'll be able to pick up your cell phone. As long as this pedestrian had some sort of electronic device. Today, we seem to be all tethered with some sort of electronic device from a Fitbit to a cell phone. Uh, and that would actually communicate with a car. So, but you're right, it would also be LIDAR, it'd be radar, it'd be optical. And the, whole, the ideal system for a self-driving car is you have redundancies. You have all of these technologies. So not one of them by itself may be completely sufficient. Uh, it's necessary, but not sufficient. But when you put several of them in connection, working together, you'll be able to paint a, a really real picture for the AI machine learning systems to know exactly the kind of the situation that that vehicle is in. Right. Well, I think you bring up an interesting point when you're saying that the pedestrian will have a, a phone and, and in theory the car would then per perceive that and that it has the redundancies. This is all so complicated, right? There are so many things that you had to think about. So what did you do to be able to write this legislation to try and think of all those small little minutiae um, that are maybe a little wonky but also critical to making sure that these, this technology is safe? Well, uh, we want to make sure that uh, the vehicles are safe as they get out, but part of it is also to get out on the road to collect data. Uh, that's going to be critical. Uh, the technology is moving very rapidly. It's moving at test facilities right now. I worked uh, with my colleagues to, to get national designations of facilities uh, to test these vehicles uh, uh, so that they're safe before they get out on the public highway. But, uh, and, and the legislation will require some certifications uh, from the manufacturers that they have dealt with uh, those kinds of uh, um, uh, verifications of, of systems in place uh, for the vehicles. But getting out on the road is the best test there is. In fact, I had uh, one of the uh, uh, experts uh, tell me that basically uh, one hour on a public highway is equal to one week on a test track in terms mm. of the data that you collect. So we want to do it safely, you've got to get, but you've got to start getting them out. Before we rewrite uh, what will eventually be very comprehensive regulations, we want those regulations to be informed by data. Right. And we need to collect that data by operating uh, both first on the test track, uh, also through very uh, complex computer simulations that walk uh, these machine learning uh, AI systems through the kind of data that they're perceiving but also get them out on the road, uh, but uh, they have to meet uh, criteria. Right now, you could put out a self-driving car uh, and not have any kind of uh, regulation whatsoever. Uh, we see that. 
uh, our legislation will require that the companies actually certify before they get those roads out or get them out. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned one of the stakeholders, the, the companies that are creating the technology, uh, but I wonder, can you talk a little bit broadly about who are the people who have been involved in trying to craft this legislation and who are currently um, helping you as you're trying to, to move it along and maybe get it to passage? You have the, the car makers and, and who else? Oh, it's uh, it's a broad range of folks because uh, it touches uh, so many. So uh, we have, we've had literally uh, several hundred meetings. So we may be approaching a thousand meetings. <laughs> I'd have to ask some of my staff. They're probably approaching a thousand meetings with whether it's manufacturers, it's auto suppliers, it's uh, safety uh, advocates, it's insurance companies. Uh, I mean, just uh, all, all of, uh, when you think about all of the different uh, stakeholders involved in automobile and transportation, uh, they're all involved, particularly given the fact that this, without question, this new technology is, is every bit as big as when the first car came off of the assembly line. It's that big, and you think about how that changed everything about our world. Uh, and all the folks who that interacts have been involved in this bill, and that's why we've been taking a very careful, thoughtful approach and trying to bring people together to find consensus. Right. I mean, and you were saying that you know, there's such a broad range of, of people who are involved from, you know, uh, small manufacturers to, to giant technology companies. I understand that when you're on your motorcycle tour, which we were talking about previously, that you actually stopped at a, a company that's creating a small part that would actually be critical to the, this technology being implemented. I did. It was a scientific machine. It was a testing company, actually, and they, they engineered testing for uh, uh, systems uh, to uh, not just for the autonomous uh, mm -hmm. but even just the, the actual mechanical aspects of a new design they, they put in the you know, which is really quite sophisticated they'll take a look at the advanced design of uh, gears of the gears in the engine for example and figure out ways to put sensors into those gears to give precise data to the engineers who are developing it and to build the kind of uh, system that's going to be able to operate under all sorts of environments which is all very critical to have that kind of very high-tech sensitive testing equipment uh, for autonomous systems uh, as they work, as you have these machines, uh, computers, uh, machine learning, AI systems interacting in a very uh, integrated way with physical systems like uh, steering columns and, and drive shafts, things of that nature. And these are all things that uh, you have in, in Michigan. You know, you have the test sites. You're saying you have these um, technology manufacturers, and you also have obviously the traditional automakers. Um, so, getting this bill passed is something that's pretty important to you, to, just from a state perspective, but also because um, this is something that you've, you know, it's your baby. <laughs> to well, yeah, it is. You know, it's important for for me in Michigan, but really, it's important. There are a lot of other areas that are involved. You know, you have a lot of the tech companies in California. You've got advanced research going on in Austin, Texas, and Pittsburgh. But I think more importantly, this is important for the United States. Uh, we are facing significant uh, competition from Asian companies and European companies. And the one thing that we know about this technology is whoever gets there first and whoever masters it first will have a significant competitive advantage. And I want to make sure it's American companies and American suppliers that have that competitive advantage because ultimately it's about U.S. jobs. Well, so there's a sense of urgency from some perspectives, and then there's also other groups that are worried that perhaps we're moving too quickly, and they want to make sure that safety is the priority, which you have said it is. So, you know, what what do you think the balance is, and, and are we there yet uh, in, in these negotiations over this uh, self-driving car bill? Well, yeah, we still have uh, a ways to go. We're still negotiating uh, with folks to go forward, but and you got to find the right uh, balance to do it. But again, you know, I want to mention that right now you could put out uh, there. You can put out cars on the road right now, they, not in any large number, but you can still put vehicles out on the road right now without any kind of regulation or oversight. 
Uh, to me, that's more dangerous than actually thinking through a process by which manufacturers uh, will actually have to certify that they have looked at all those factors that are important uh, for safety. So this will, this will allow the testing to go forward in a safer manner than it is right now. Uh, and it also gives some certainty, though, when we have these rules in place, too, it gives some certainty to those companies that are developing this technology as to what that regulatory framework may be looking down the road. Right. Well, so do you think that this is something that we're going to get done in this Congress? I'm hoping. Uh, we've been working uh, very hard uh, to get it done. You know, I've been working very closely uh, with uh, Chairman Thune, the chairman of the committee, who's my principal uh, or the principal uh, uh, sponsor with me. Uh, the two of us have been working very closely, hand in glove, uh, with us. Uh, he's committed to, to getting it done. Uh, I'm committed to getting it done, but uh, we have to work through the process. Right. Uh, so going back to your motorcycle ride, uh, when's your, your next long ride? What's, what do you have planned? Uh, well, I'll definitely do another one next year. I'll do this yeah. uh, every, every year. Uh, so unfortunately, uh, usually during the year, my rides are, are confined to a couple hours when I can squeeze a couple hours when I'm home. That every sounds weekend. like a long ride to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, two hours is not. In fact, that's the one thing that I love too, because especially when I'm traveling up in the northern Michigan, the, mm -hmm. there uh, it's a where I'm in a really large state. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of space uh, in between meetings. Uh, but if I'm in a car and, and my staff tells me, well, it's an hour, an hour and 10 minute ride in a car, I'm going to be, oh, that's a long time. If I'm on my motorcycle, I'll say, it's only an hour, only an hour and 10 minutes. So we could have a longer meeting or no longer drive to the next meeting. But it does change your mindset. All right. Well, thank you so much, Senator. I really appreciate your time and uh, for having us in today. Great to be with you. Thank you for tuning in to this special Bloomberg Government Edition of Code and Conduit. To read stories related to self-driving cars and other congressional action, go to about.bgov.com slash blog. There you can read selected reporting outside a paywall. You can also listen to more of our podcasts on Code and Conduit on SoundCloud. And you can follow me on Twitter at S. Courtney DC. Thanks for being curious.